I finally I got paid this week for the first time in a long time. So I got a bottle of wine instead of a box of wine. Treat yourself. This is a kick in the arts. A couple of comedic cunts concentrating a conversation on creativity to connect a continuing community of creative comedic cunts. I'm Kelsey, a visual artist and graphic designer based in Bozeman, Montana. And I'm Marissa, an actor, comedian, business owner, and side hustler in Los Angeles. Feeling crabby with your current job and ready for the next level in your career? Now's the time to take a risk with our online courses to get your standard technical degree, or STD. Our online degree program for STDs is so big, it's gone viral. If you're itching for a better job, then bump up your skills with an STD course. Our courses will have you burning with excitement. Now's the time to pull out from your boring job and try something new. With our hands-on approach, you're sure to get straight aids. STDs are spreading around the country fast. You'll want to get your standard technical degree before they're gone. Maria. An STD is not an actual sponsor or education program, but UTI is. Someone had to have caught that, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> something awesome happened this week. It was the tits. Ah, but something stunk this week. It was the pits. This segment is called the tits and pits. Why don't you tell us about your tits and pits? Well, I had a really great Cinco de Mayo. We ate all the Mexican food and went Woo. to a show with a group of friends afterwards. And it was like all my favorite musicians were playing in a band together. And um, it's kind of funny because there was a very small crowd there. We probably doubled the crowd when we came in. So we essentially got like a private show from my favorite musicians. So it was super fun, super fun friend night and food night. Um, wow. And much really needed least from just a slew of other things going on which leads me to you my pits is just like life is one big tornado right now sort of um work's been really dramatic and crazy I broke up with the guy I'm seeing a couple days ago and I have to move and <laughs> my stomach feels like it's gonna explode right now I might be pregnant or have appendicitis I don't know which one um, it's just like one of those weeks where you just like keep trucking and the, the, that's all, just survival mode, you know? So, and I've been thinking a lot about the conversation we had on the last episode about, um, and we were talking about self-care and how to kind of prepare when you know you're entering like super busy time or week or whatever. And so I've tried to keep those things in mind, but of course, like, I've barely adhered to any of them. Um, I've had no exercise this week. Maybe that's why I have a stomach ache. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So it's just it's just a tough time. I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, I haven't even had time to deal with certain emotions because I've been so busy. So my like pets are almost like yeah. the same. Where like no, so I I haven't really had a lot of like personal issue stuff. I guess, but. Man, has it just been, like, so busy and, like, yeah, can't even process anything on the day-to-day. Like, I have no idea what day of the week it is and, like, or what I should be doing and, yeah, I just feel a little overwhelmed. And even, like, last week's episode, I, like, 
was burnt out. Like, I wanted to do an episode about how to prevent burnout, and just, I was full Monty. Uh, so, mirroring everything you're saying, I think even since New Orleans, where I had just indulged in bad fried food, I just still can't get back on, like, a good track. Because I've been on a lot of set jobs where it's just been, like, bad food. <laughs> and just can't get my life together, it feels like. I think today is my only day off for, I don't know, just like weeks. <laughs> I don't even know. So I don't even know where my light is. But I will say that like my tits to that is, while some of that is just like busy bullshit work stuff, a lot of it is I'm getting hired back by companies. Like one of the companies I started as just a PA, um, I think I've proved myself to them or like I'm kind of moving up a little bit I got a assistant stage manager show yesterday no that sounds awesome to sum it up I think my tit is just like it's good to be in demand even though mm -hmm. I've just been so busy yeah um people want me for everything so that's I guess a good way to look at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess like it I feel the same way in a certain sense it's kind of nice to be busy again this is um, for this gig, I actually go to an office all week and there's something kind of nice about that, that I miss, like having something to get up for in the morning. That's not my, all my own self-motivation and seeing and working with other people is kind of nice. Um, while it's, has all the dramas that go along with it. <laughs> well, and I feel like all workplaces have some. Um, and then other places have a lot, <laughs> you know, just the type of environments where, um, it just breeds itself and just gets totally unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's made me, like, kind of feel like this is the final straw. I've heard that before from you about this job. I know, I know, and then I go for months and think like, oh, but I need the money. It's not that bad. And then get into it again. And I'm on this perpetual cycle. I thought a lot about it this week of like how I can have an exit strategy and switch things up um, come this fall. Because it's, yeah, that's just not cool anymore. Well, it sounds like that's kind of, if that's the perpetual situation with that office, that it won't change. Like, it's not you, it's that office, for whatever reason. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's been the same. Um, so, I think this year I'm going to do it. <laughs> now it's time for our pawn run! An exercise for us to jog our brains and sneaker in some of our best gag-worthy puns, even if some of them are a bit of a stretch. And this week's subject su suggestion is about birds. So if you're looking for bird puns, look no feather. I've just given you a sneak peek of what's to come. <laughs> so I guess we're just gonna wing it, yeah? Talk like girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't get into robbing my lines today. Oh, two can play at that game. <laughs> I mean, why would you even write the same joke as me? Well, what the fuck? I'm trying to be careful.
careful. I was gonna do a peacock pun, but I didn't want to be foul. Okay, that one's a pear keeper. Were you not, were you not amused? I'm not going anywhere at this migrate. <laughs> I don't know, these puns are so bad, they should be ill-eagle. <laughs> the audience in my last stand-up show was so sparse, there was a spare row. Oh, that was a good one. Did they start a, did they uh, get all together in the basement afterwards and start a flight club? <laughs> that joke, penguins. Well, it's the chickadees nuts of puns. What's the most affluent bird? I don't know. Ostrich. What's the holiest bird? Osprey. Oh, good one. <laughs> what do sad birds listen to? I don't know. Emu. It makes me think of like two little emu birds with haircuts. Yeah, with like mohawks. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you do in the Everglades when you see a green light? I don't know. Flamingo. That one flew over my head. <laughs> well, I'm a collulator. <laughs> I believe it, Ren. I see it. Do you have any egrets that you didn't come up with more bird puns? Um, no, I'm just amused by yours. Uh, better luck nest time? These are really going downhill. That's all I've got. And now it's time for Deep, Deep Subject. Subject. I chose this one because as I said in my jits and pits um, a lot of things are changing recently um, so I guess the subject is changes changing things dealing with change um, you know for one it's spring I think it you know you might not experience as much of that in LA but it definitely changes the entire mood around here even though we get bouts of snow and rain it's just like the world brightens up and our days are so long and um, it's awesome in certain ways. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I've got to move the next week and we'll be shifting back into my river job in just a couple, well, let's see what day is it. <laughs> Two and a half weeks, really. I have to go back out there. So it's a total shift, life shift. Um, and then also mentioned that Broke it off with the guy I was seeing, and it, yeah, there's just a lot. It's just a lot all at once. Um, and I often, I don't know about you, I often relish change, though. Oh, yeah. I've always, always liked change. Um, this time it's making me a little unnerved just because, I don't know, I didn't really want want to fully move. I finally had it in my mind that this was a place I wanted to stay as long as I could and then I'm forced out again like but I always look at when those things types of things happen I try to look for the opportunity you know maybe there's a yeah a cool new thing out there house or place or job that I'm supposed to be in the fall so I just try to be optimistic about it. More often than not, I think 
more often than not, I think that's the case with things that feel so shitty at the time. I was thinking about that yesterday when I was like on set. I was like, had I been at my job that I worked the past two years, like uh, contracting out, making jewelry for a company, I -hmm. wouldn't have reached out and tried to get more production work. And now I'm like getting to do this really awesome stuff. So like it jobs for example like like suck when you get fired or have to leave without notice Mm -hmm. but it almost always leads to something better so I know it's like could or could not be different with housing and because I think it'll be so up in the air for you for so long when you're on the river you won't be able to be like oh my bedroom because it's like yeah (laughs) but you'll be staying at the same You'll be staying on the same river. <laughs> maybe those, maybe those camps, maybe those campsites will start to feel familiar. <laughs> well, they do, and then by the end of last summer, it it feels like home. You know, I think once I get out there and just get on the water that first day, it's going to be like a sense of ah, oh, like this is where I'm supposed to be. Right now, I'm having trepidation about it, but I kind of feel like that's. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully I don't get out there and like, what am I doing here again? Um, how, how does this change of scenery affect your art flow since you won't have your studio time? Well, it, it changes up my work process immensely because I've got to move out of my studio as well before then. Um, and when I'm working on the river, all I can really do is you know, small stuff and sketching when I have 20 minutes at the end of the day, you know, I, I get to work much less. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a nice period of time because it's really when I'm, I feel like I'm gathering a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And as I've been working on a lot of river art over this past winter, I feel like now going back out there, I'll be even more informed of the things that I want to study. Hmm. So, Wait, can you name some examples? Um, I don't know specifics. I was thinking today. So I've been working on this uh, painting of the Grand Canyon recently, where there's this really nice river reflection, and then the style um, that I went for on it turned out really cool. I thought so. Just I don't know, just like the way. Uh, I've just been experimenting with studying different water in different ways and how the sun hits water in different ways. So I just feel like I'll be even more in tune to that. Um, Just being out there. That's the really cool part of the job is just like staring at the water all day, every day. Um, I couldn't think of a better way to like inform my artwork. Yeah. It's just immersing myself in that. So while I'm not, directly creating during that time it's a lot of just that visual information that I'll still weigh for winter that sounds so amazing yeah I mean you have kind of you've been in the same place for a while oh like my house well house in LA and do you ever have urges to move somewhere different or do something different or you feel like LA is kind of the place you got to be uh, I think that's why I have traveled in the way that I have, like, to other cities, 
like the past few years, I think I wanted to like see New York as an adult. So I'd, I'd gone in my teens and preteens. Uh, I wanted to see Vancouver and New Orleans. So I think getting out and seeing those places have kind of satiated that curiosity. Um, and I think LA, I love it because it is just like so stimulating. Like there's always going to be stuff to do here, and there's a variety of things to do here. Um, anymore, though, I I might have mentioned this before. Where like I've been such a little no ho homebody. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I I swear no I don't think. <laughs> where like I is this in your stand up? <laughs> no, I tell funny jokes in my stand up. It should. No, I think that's funny. You should be. <laughs> or like I, I work like walking distance and I all I cater like I use the, all the local businesses. Like I just got headshots printed at the printing shop on the corner and I get my nails done at the place next to them. So like I really only drive like once a week anymore. And so the, it's like unheard of for LA. I know. Like well this community, it's like all been in within arm's reach and I've been really enjoying kind of the small town feel of no hope. Like I can't, I can't even like walk down the street or go to the grocery store anymore without like knowing someone. Which I used to like the anonymity of the big city, but now mm-hmm. I, I like that. I'm like, oh, I have my all my businesses right here. Uh, that said, I think we will be moving this fall, <laughs> or eventually. Like our rent is just getting a little crazy. We've talked about that before. Uh, mm-hmm. So with my I'll just say brother-in-law. I'm not married, yeah. but my boyfriend's brother is going to move out here. And uh, we're going to hopefully try to ha- get a house, like buy a house. Lots of details to be had there, but with three of us. and But that'll be a big change. Like, I'm so used to the privacy and how I live now that that'll be a pretty big change to have more people living with another person again and and he's great I've lived with him before um he has a cat so that'll be fun mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah I will probably be a little bit more anxious as that time comes <laughs> up too uh because like I th- you know just like as it relates to art your home I think is really important. I know a lot of like stand-up comics talk about just living in their car, you know, until they make it and they just like drive to the next club. And I'm like, having a safe, secure home space is, you know, more important to me than I'd like to admit. Mm-hmm. Like I need a place that I can, Woodrow's talked about it before, like our house, his space, he was talking about his space, but our house, our apartment is designed for workflow. Like we have the monitors and the tech set up where we can just come home and knock some work out. If you live at a place where you have five roommates and you don't get any quiet time and you get home from work and or from your day job and you want to work on something but you have to go to a coffee shop or your house is crazy, like it makes it a lot tougher to be productive. So our house is set up for productivity, so that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, God, it just like... It pissed me off so much after college that adults don't get summers. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it wasn't a surprise, but like, like I knew that, but it, I think everybody, everybody needs that sort of built in break. And 
I mean, I think our lack of vacation time in America is a travesty. I think we all should automatically, after, like you said, like nine weeks or maybe three months, wait, 12 weeks, (laughs) 12 weeks of work, get like at least like a four day weekend or, you know, something that you have to have to look forward to, to have a break and reset and reform your intentions. Um, to just keep going, going, going endlessly is just not good for anyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why generally I really like change because I get bored and stale and I need something new and, I think, yeah, there's a total difference between when you make it for yourself and then when it's thrust Mm. upon you. But uh, going back to what I said earlier, I feel like when it's thrust upon you, it's for a reason. It's like time to make a change. Because a lot of your, if a lot of your energy is just going into like that survival stuff, that almost like sounds exactly kind of just being a freelancer because you I like at least for me I'm like I like the flexibility of freelance but you're since you're always on the hunt you still like don't have the time to relax into your own work versus Mm -hmm. like contrary to a nine-to-five where you kind of have your set like your efforts outside of work could be towards right so I know that's a little different but well yeah and that's right on I struggled a lot with that this winter of like, okay, how much time do I actually got to put in a day to trying to find jobs to just survive financially? Or or it was kind of just a conundrum between do I put more time into that or should I just focus solely on my painting and, you know, or my artwork and hope that that comes to fruition in something, you know? Kind of like cross my fingers that I'll make it through the winter and I guess I did a little bit of both, but then it felt kind of half-assed in both respects. Like, part of me wished I just wouldn't have worried about trying to find these little freelance gigs be- and just focused on artwork because I knew that, you know, I'd go back into the seasonal job and make up the money. Um, and then, I-, I don't know, I think for me, too, th- focusing on artwork makes you better, ultimately will... You know, if that was my focus on making products and shows and sales with my artwork rather than the immediate cash flow. Mm-hmm. You know, it, does that make sense? Like, just the kind of longer-term gain, gain of it? Yeah. Because um, I think at a certain point you do have to be that intensive about your artwork to succeed on a financial level. But it's hard to be that in- intensive when you don't have any money (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) I thought about that I mean to talk about money for like two seconds like yeah just like I could go out and uber for a couple hours and make 50 bucks or I could do some like hardcore work that might gain me bigger better jobs yeah I've kind of been in that boat a little bit yeah with change I haven't had a lot of like major life changes but I do kind of live like by semesters still which I don't don't know why I haven't been in college for like 10 years or school for 10 years but that system still kind of works for me like every nine weeks or so Mm -hmm. um it varies I'm not like tight on that 
but I do, I'm like, this is kind of the focus for, like, this. It's longer than a month. So, like, I think of it as a semester. It's like, this semester, this is the focus. This semester, this mm-hmm. is the focus. And I think kind of... Oh, I like that instead of either a year or a month. Yeah. Because months can be so... Like, I think I have something, and then life just implodes. Like, I can't ever plan for a month, but, like, six to nine yeah. weeks kind of suits me in my life. Uh, what are some planned changes? Do you do anything like that creatively? Um, not really. I kind of go with the flow. I mean, the way that my workflow is just lends itself to that. Like right now I'm full on, um, in magazine mode in graphic design worlds and I knew that was coming. So, and that's really intensively kind of three weeks, um, in the spring and fall, kind of a little more three, more like six weeks, but I'm not working that intensively for those. Anyways. Um, so it's kind of built in in that way that I know that that's going to be my focus for those weeks up until it's due. And then it's a total release to go back to my fine artwork once that's done. Do I talk, talking about like the weather changes, like does that affect stuff at all? Like, cause that's always like innate change built into anywhere. I know it's, I know spring is just happening in Montana, but it's been like, I've been sweaty every single day this week. Like I've like literally had like thirteen hour days of just like sweating. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. Ninety degrees running around. Like, if I if I could have fun or something, that's different. But I've had to work in that. Like last night, I was like helping like load gear, so I'm just like doing like heavy lifting, and it's like humid. And, yeah. Oh, I was like miserable. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, here, Change of Seasons is huge. I feel like our summers are so short that everyone just gets after everything. It's like the whole town wakes up. Not that people in Bozeman don't fully get after winter. Um, but it's a, it's just a different energy because our days are so long, like I said. So you feel like you can accomplish so much more, more active and just the just I think everybody's moods are lifted so it's definitely a welcome thing but it's also kind of trying because it goes back and forth in the spring like right now it's 50 degrees and raining and heard it might snow this weekend in big sky so it's like (laughs) you kind of have to roll with it no I think in LA when it's hot out or like starting now people do like stop productivity because it's just too hot So like you're from the south. I know, or like maybe it's just me. I live in the valley too, so that doesn't help. But and work still happens. But even like the nature of kind of what is pilot season in TV show development is like Mm. it's kind of a slow time. I mean, what is pilot season? It's in. It's basically the same time as tax season. It's when they are developing and pitching and hiring for the new fall TV lineup. So those shows, those shows will get shot gotcha. and things get shot over the summer. But even like, I don't know, there's not a like big, not until kind of the end of the summer do holiday commercials start shooting. So it's just kind of a slow season for a lot of things. Holiday commercials. 
<laughs> or then the, then it's like Super Bowl commercials are big from the commercial world. Uh, with all, with all the internet and like online streaming, like a lot of these are getting more bled. Like the seasons in LA are like like the film seasons are bleeding through each other a lot. But uh, but I think you know people are pro- I'm productive when it's a little cooler out. Like I'll go outside, go walking, go hiking. But when it's hot, nobody wants to do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand that. So do you have any tactics when there's something that you want to change that's hard to change? Oh, I wish I was better at that. Um, I think I need to have a good plan. Um, and tactics to be accountable. So... And I, I know there's lots of, like, accountability apps, but the apps don't really work for me. I really need, like, tan- tangible, like, tracking. Uh, so I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of where a bullet journal comes in, like a to-do list to cross off. Uh, I wish I could talk about that because I would love to be working out and eating healthy right now, <laughs> but it's just, like, not been happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a lot about making something a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this good friend in town, and she's a health coach. So she was experimenting with some this. She had me experimenting with this change map thing that she was interested in using with clients. I need to follow up with her. So she kind of went through at least the initial stages with me. I'll have to. This is this was a while ago, so I have to look at it to bring it or to remember what it's all about or what the sheet actually said. But it was the core of it was a lot about getting at what's blocking you from making these changes and getting to the feelings of why you're not acting on certain goals that you make for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when we went through the exercise, my Thing that I wanted to change was to be better about money and so she went through and asked me like what are the things you think you could do to be to get your like finances in order and why do you think you haven't done those things so getting more to like the feeling of it so and just matching those things on the list so for example, one thing that I said I wanted to do was to get with a financial advisor about my business and personal finances to see if I'm doing things right. Because I've always done just my own accounting and taxes. Like I'm, I don't have a biz- big enough business to really um, be too worried about it. But I was still just sort of totally in the dark about mm-hmm. it, and knowing if I'm budgeting right for things and if there's and whatever. Um, so that was one of the small things I thought I could do to improve my finances. And so, and then when she asked me, like, why haven't you done that? I, my response was, well, I, um, or she, or she asked, like, what is the worst thing you think would happen if you met with somebody? And the kind of things that we got down to were like, well, I don't want to feel embarrassed or shameful about the way things are. I don't want to feel stupid about 
these things. I want to pretend that I know everything. Um, also, just time-wise, to like get to sit down with somebody can be a challenge. And just making that initial phone call was all it would really need. But so at first I was like, well, I don't know. Like, it's just something in the back of my mind that has been a goal, but I haven't done it yet. And then once we got to the root of that, it's like, wow, I'd never really thought I would, I was like that, that it was more of those feelings that were blocking this change rather than just my lack of ability to have willpower to make this thing happen. Yeah. So that's where she's kind of coming out with her, her coaching is getting to the core root feeling of what's blocking us from actually following through with our goals. Yeah. So have you made the call? Well, I did. So, um, cause like I said, this was just kind of an exercise. So at the end of an hour session with her, she said, can I follow up with you to make sure you made the call? And that was the next uh-huh. step. Cause she's a coach, yeah. right? So this is how it works. Um, it's like, yeah. And she's like, when do you think you can at least call somebody by? And I was like, let's say a week from now. So, and it was, and it totally was, it took a week. And then it was that morning, I think she said, just checking in. I'm like, oh my God, I will today. And immediately after she sent that text, I made the call, made an appointment. So it, and it wasn't that hard. Like, I don't, I have no idea why. Well, like I told you now, I know I know why. Um, I couldn't just make the call. Um, but having that one person to be accountable to made the world of difference. I know we've mentioned the book, but in the, you are a badass at making money. She kind of talks about like, just get a life coach because it's that other person who will coach you in those things. And that, Mm -hmm. and I used to think, I don't know, when I first heard about life coaches in LA that like, it was just so new agey bullshit but I'm kind of leaning into it and interested in that oh yeah me too I would love a coach (laughs) (laughs) because I'm definitely I definitely will be accountable to other people more than myself I guess sans coach uh I if I if there's something I really want to do I I'm I like I'm more likely to procrastinate on it if it's like something like call, like what you're talking about calling a financial planner. If I schedule it and like say no to other things cuz Monday morning I have an appointment to call this person, I'm more likely to do it. I can't like if it's just vaguely on my to-do list, like no way. But like I think what was it this Monday I was doing? I forget. It was something like business-wise that I've been putting off forever that I was like Monday morning. That's it's when it's gonna happen, and I just faced it and did it. Mm-hmm. So that helps. It doesn't always work with things that are like kind of ongoing goals, like eat healthy and work out. Right. Like I think I think big lifestyle changes take more than your pure willpower. You have to have some form of accountability to make that change. Life changes. Also, what kind of was <laughs> I, uh, so I told her I was like in a bad, just like eating routine since being on vacation. And then I had an audition for a character that was plus sized and I'm not plus sized. 
I'm curvy, but I'm not plus size. But just like use that as a mental excuse to just like not care about food for a minute. And then it's like, I shouldn't really do that. It's not a good habit to like, well, I might get this role where they want, they might want someone bigger than me. So I better enjoy some food this week. (laughs) Why is that reasoning? (laughs) Gosh, that's always, that's always really been really interesting to me with plus size actors who might really want to um, be healthier and change their bodies, but that's what they're known for, and that's the type of roles they will get. Like, I remember reading an article about the guy who played Billy Bob in Varsity Blues, and he now, like, I think he got gastric bypass or something, and now he's just, like, a medium-sized normal dude, doesn't really have any special looks about him or whatever, but of course he's a lot healthier and he's going to live a lot longer. But the reason he got that role was because of how big he was. Yeah. There was a 30 rock episode where Jen is really big from eating pizza, doing mystic pizza all summer. And Alec Baldwin's character is like, she either has to gain 10 pounds or lose 30. Like just like being in the middle boring range that I'm in is not productive. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I, I have hopes that Hollywood is changing that to see, and you see it more and more with the kind of like norm, normal sized people on TV and ads and stuff like that. Uh, what in breakdowns they say real to average looking people. Real to average. What is the range from real to average? Oh, the breakdowns are so like I'm only a little bit real, but I'm more on the average side. Breakdowns, just like for the record, are what like the, ca- the casting directors put out is like the summary of the role, and so some of them can be so brutal. Like usually, it's the m- more novice casting breakdowns that are like must be si- size zero with like this these sizes. If it's for a costume, that's one thing, but sometimes it's like if you just mm-hmm. want an attractive person, that's fine. You don't need to put the sizes like. <laughs> We get you want a small, attractive person. I don't know. It's so just Mm -hmm. can break your soul. But I don't know. I don't apply to those jobs. Like even if I don't know. For one thing, I'm not those sizes. (laughs) Anyways, we're getting off job. The subject of change. We were talking about plus size actresses and or like actors and actresses. I think some of them are healthy. They're just bigger yeah jonah hill might be a good example of like he keeps losing weight and they're like oh you want to gain weight for a role again jonah and he's like oh god damn it (laughs) so he will and then like works really hard to lose weight again and then they're like oh can you gain weight for a role (laughs) but i feel like even that like rapid weight loss or weight change really can't be good for your body but Whatever, you're getting millions of dollars, Jonah Hill. I don't feel sorry for you. (laughs) You're changing the subject. Uh, Outside of, like, weight and health, I think one of the major changes that I've noticed this year, like, as a performer, is I'm totally, not totally, but losing a lot of insecurities, which is really awesome. Uh, Even, I noticed it the other day with my writers group where I do table reads I even in the past I would still like my heart would be pounding a little bit 
like as I was like up there reading. And anymore, I'm just like so relaxed. And my last stand-up show, I was just relaxed. And that is just... It's because you turned 30. No, it's because I've been working really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, probably both. Like, age has just definitely helped in, like, giving less fucks. Uh, but also just the repetitiousness of, like, really going hard and performing as much as I can this year has really opened a lot of mm-hmm. things, and I've really grown a lot. That's good. I feel the same way in just a life sense of I've tried to be more open mm-hmm. and vulnerable to certain things, which in turn has made me feel stronger wow. and less insecure because um, – which I don't know. It never vulnerability. I can never say that fucking word. I can never say vulnerability either. Oh, <laughs> uh, vulnerability at the time. It feels like, like it's sad and icky and scary and whatever. And then after you go through an intense period of it, you just feel. I don't know. I I feel like I said I feel stronger and more assured from letting somebody see myself. And I mean same way with work. I this week whereas there be certain things that would set me off or that I'd find myself retreating, now I just kind of like I can stand my ground and look people in the eye. And I think that has to do with that kind of mindset. Oh, yeah. That strength. Uh, which I wonder if people who are born able to do that have, like, the reverse reaction when they show themselves being more vulnerable, if they feel like they lose that. Because it was kind of... I don't want to say not earned, but almost... I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, if someone just, like, comes out of the womb... Being able to stare people in the eye and say what they want and then say they start showing vulnerability, that's even more scary to them because they'll lose power versus someone who's gaining power by showing vulnerability. This is really abstract and not making sense. Well, I think anytime you show vulnerability, you ultimately are gaining power. I think what you're talking about is a false sense of that. And it's really, it's really like a sense of detachment. Whereas it's a really interesting shift because I'm not one to, unless it's around people that I really know and trust, I'm not going to show a lot of emotion. Um, Particularly if something's bothering me. I, unless it like really gets to me, I won't like outwardly be angry or anything about it. Um, but it's, so it's an interesting shift in the sense that like, whereas I used to just turn myself off now, I fully feel what I want to feel and can, this isn't just like an ultimatum, like, no, I'm fixed, but like, um, have begun to feel into that and think about the ways I could respond, um, and how I want to respond and be fully present with it rather than just totally detaching and moving on. So it's 
from an outward standpoint, it looks like the same reaction, but it's a totally different process that I feel like I'm going through. Yeah. It's because you're 30 now. <laughs> totally. 31. <laughs> this is what I've learned. No, I agree. I've almost been at fault lately where I have been trusting, or not even trusting, just my, my word vomit, like, at the wrong times, which has been paid off, actually, because I'm not second-guessing myself. Uh, and so, <laughs> I don't know, just, like, a snarky comments, which could be really mean and detrimental to my professional career, have just flown out of my mouth, but they've been winning people over because it's my true self and thoughts. Like, for example, the production job where I'm kind of trying to prove myself a little bit, just, I don't know, it was just, like, snarking around with, like, uh, <laughs> with one of, like, the execs at Disney. I didn't even know he was an exec. But then, like, my, one of my boss's bosses was, like, welcome to the party, Marissa. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds so stupid, but, like. That sounds like such a Disney Channel thing to say. <laughs> Well, just, like, I like, basically, like, welcome to the point where you can, like, are showing your true colors and true humor. No, that's funny. <laughs> Actually, I had almost the same experience kind of end of last summer when I finally let... Because the whole summer was just, like, full of new challenges and people and just, like, trying to prove myself. So I, like... Yeah. And uh, so I really, like, held my true colors back. And then it was one of our last trips and my one boss who had been off the river for the past like few weeks or something like or he came on a trip with us and I, I said some like snarky comment and I, I don't know whether under the guy one of the other guys was like or oh sorry the boss said like man everything's changed around here and someone's like yeah Kelsey's sarcastic now <laughs> or something <laughs> I'm like yep I'm an old salt <laughs> I turned from <laughs> bright-eyed and bushy-tailed to just snarky river guide. And just that sort of moment, though, just made me it made me feel the same way. But, like, okay, I'm part of this and not just this, like, goody-two-shoes, I'll do whatever you want because I'm the new guy. Oh, there's, like, an endless amount of parallels between... A girl coming up in production and a girl coming up as a river guy. It's such a boys game. It's such like each field have their own like tech, like not technology tech, but like the names of the boats. And yeah. Like the type of, I can't name any examples, <laughs> the stuff you work with and like have to know all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I know what an XLR cable is. <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> Uh, I think they're audio cables. Uh, <laughs> you mean like a digital, S, like an SLR? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just like that intimidating world yeah. that, uh, that like is in intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> really well said, Marissa. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I, I have had trouble showing my true colors in that's one thing if it's like with a company or people that I've been working with but like my first day on a job feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed is a lot different after you work with people for a minute and you're like I've I, I this is my real self that I can finally show off and be snarky to Disney it's such a good feeling <laughs> oh 
that okay, like on the subject of change, if I could somehow find the courage or like I don't even comfort to be my snarky self from day one. But maybe that's okay. Maybe you have to why it works is because it's earned. I don't Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think just from from my perspective it just seems like other people fall into it a lot quicker than I do. So and a lot of it has to do with age and being like self assured. Um and then some of it just has to do with personality. Well, you don't want to be like the snarky cool kid when you're still like learning what an XLR co- code it code is. <laughs> yes. Like <laughs> uh, so do you think when you go to the river now are you going to feel like cool sarcastic Kelsey? I have no idea, man. I'm just as scared. <laughs> I'm just as scared as I was last year, so but this is your, like, sophomore year. Yeah, it's a little, it'll be a little better in that regards. Just knowing at least having a foundation of what I'm doing and the people that I work with having a little bit of faith in me, I, I think, I hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think in any field, when you start, when you have memories with people that you can throw back to, it it's a stronger bond. Totally. Totally. My my early years, well, it's still kind of my tactic, was just to, like, get drunk with people. <laughs> and then... Good one. Really, really introspective. I'm going to try that. But no, like, once you have a night of drinking with somebody and have that kind of memory, it's like, you're bonded. And that just comes from, uh, there was a time, uh, it was... Maybe right after college, and I got a new roommate off of Craigslist, and it's like the first weekend she moved in, she was having a hard time with her boyfriend, and I like bought us a bottle of vodka, and we like drank together and just bonded, and it's like, oh yeah, that totally works, and then I realized just a few other times that it kind of just broke down barriers that in a sober world would happen much slower, <laughs> so. You know what? That's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not yeah. sorry. <laughs> That's why when you go on a date, you can, like, go to... Well, at least here, it's like, go get beers, drink alcohol, so you can break down a little bit faster. Not break down, but... <laughs> so you can drunk yeah. high around them yeah. sooner rather than yeah, later. Yeah, of course. <laughs> How do we want to wrap up the change? Well, I think we'll sort of con- continue this conversation as... The next couple of weeks develop, and we'll record at least a couple before I head out. So, can uh, maybe keep updated with how things are going. But I don't know if there is a way to wrap up change because things are always changing. The only constant is change, right? So, the best thing to do is to I think of it embrace embrace it. it. I think of it as surfing, and just. Catching the wave. And you ride a certain wave. <laughs> this is going to sound so Mitchell Goose. And, um, <laughs> you're, you know, you ride a certain wave for a long time and then it ends and you got to paddle back out and catch the next one. And I, and then oftentimes when I'm like feeling like I'm in the flow, I'm like, I'm surfing right now. I'm surfing life. And I, 
so the next metaphor is just being in the flow of those things. Mm -hmm. So just got to roll with it. Yeah. My last thing is like, I, I I have to journal about it. Like if I'm in Mm -hmm. that crazy state and I just, and it's really interesting to look back on what, what like things that once bothered me or like the change that was once intimidating or frustrating or scary, like, Oh, I got like I'm. I've grown from that. That was scary. Like so, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, like I've journaled since I was like six. So I don't know what it would be like to start journaling as an adult, if you haven't at this point. But uh, but uh, if any listeners haven't ever tried. <laughs> Fucking try, man. I like it. <laughs> Just make sure your sister doesn't read it. <laughs> yeah, my first word of advice is to... Oh, my God. my di- Remember, like, my second grade diary? And I wrote in the very <laughs> yeah. per- first page, like, this is the code to look at the rest of the diary. One, two, three, four. And, but it was like, no, I'm already in your diary, bitch. Like, I don't need a code. <laughs> and then... It, so the whole diary was organized by months. And I purposely left the entire month of December blank. And then at the very end, put, ha ha, gotcha. (laughs) This is, I mean, it was like on similar lines of me writing a prank letter to these people in California. (laughs) Nobody, nobody is even baffled by or gets the joke. And I don't get to see the results of the joke. So it took me a long time to figure that out. I always knew you were, like, reading my diary in middle school, or thought you were, so I just wrote in my diary the Britney Spears lyrics to her song, Dear Diary. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read your diary a lot. I know. It was a good one. It was a really good one. <laughs> I still am uncomfortable calling it, like, a journal or a diary. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I still, it's still, like, I sign off every time, like, bye, Marissa. Like, somebody else, like, is gonna, like, guest star someday. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. Maybe I'll put one in there. <laughs> if you can find it. <laughs> someday. You can find me at kzentars underscore art on Instagram and kelseyzentars art and art on Facebook. And I am at Marissa Zintars and find find pictures of Kelsey's diary on Instagram. Oh, that's like a challenge. I will show pages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And with that, we'll end with the show with that. <laughs> Good. <laughs>